0: Welcome to another episode of Not So Vanilla. I'm your host, Chloe, and this is the place, the open space, where you and I can discuss the not-so-traditional ways of living your most authentic life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not So Vanilla. Thank you so much for tuning in. Ah, The week that's been, What what has it been for me? Well, I went into an office for the first time in literally two and a half months since I was made redundant um like the day I was made redundant I walked out of the office and I never returned um was a bit of a bit of a saga we'll get to that at some point but yeah I hadn't been in an office for a very long time so that was a bit of a novelty it's like you know you work from home and remotely so long and then you have to get up and go to an office and you're like oh god what is this public transport having to wake up to an alarm like no I I can't live like this but no it was really not that bad it was It was nice it was refreshing good to get out good to be in a different space um so did that for a day and i'm going to be doing that on a weekly basis just heading into this shared office space which is really cool it's um in parramatta great offices really cool vibe um did that for a day and that was the social media work that i that i do um went to a couple of restaurants for the spread Um, i decided that with my talent acquisition and recruitment work i'm going to be a full time contractor. So we're just working on building that dream life, guys. Um, I'm not joining another big business. I am out on my own. I'm a freelancer, a contractor, as you say. Um, I've got a gig with a business um, that I've recently signed up to. Um, they they don't have a client for me right now, but I will be working for them at some point. Um, so just you know, looking for some work in the short term. Obviously, it's high risk um, doing this kind of work. I've got multiple projects on the go, um, but at the end of the day, I'm here to build a dream, build a life that I have always dreamt of. Um, I'm not going to get that from working a nine to five Monday to Friday. I'm only going to get that from doing multiple, multiple jobs across multiple businesses and, you know, build my own businesses at the same time. So it's pretty hectic. Um, there's a lot going on, but we're here for it and we love it. Um I went to Kangaroo Valley over the weekend, which was so nice, so wholesome. You know sometimes you just need to get out of the city, just ground yourself, get immersed in nature, all of that. Uh, I was with a really one of my closest friends um, from childhood and her beautiful twins, so it was really a precious weekend, um, something that I really needed. Then I you know came back back to reality, just getting a life admin sorted, all of that. Um, things with my Dom are going well. <laughs> yes, we're going to refer to him as that. That's all good. There, um, we have spoken about me potentially going on some dates with other people, um, but we've got some uh, we've got some rules and regulations that go in uh, hand in hand with that, which is all part of having that open style relationship, guys. Um, so yeah, that's all all good. And something else I'm working towards, which is super exciting, um, is a move to New York. Oh my god, yes, yeah, it's it's going to be a thing. So I. In my, you know, my life plan, but look, you can't plan for too much. But my vision for my life, um, part of it includes living in New York for a while. So, with my previous company, I was actually going to move over to their New York office. Unfortunately, it got made redundant, so that got thrown out the window. Um, put the New York dream on side, and I'm on the side. And I thought, you know, maybe I can't make this happen, but then I thought, you know what stuff that I'm going to make it happen because if I don't do New York now, it's just never going to happen. So I'm working towards that. Um, hence why I'm doing, you know, more contracting style work. And the goal is to get myself over there either by the end of this year or early next, I've got some conversations in the pipeline, you know, just taking slow and steady steps to get myself over there, but it will happen. I am always the believer of, if you want something to happen, you will really, put the steps in place to turn that into a reality um and I'm always someone that I pride myself of being someone that if I say I'm going to do something I will I will do that I will I will do everything that is needed to be done or completed to get to that point of where I'm trying to get to so stay tuned on the New York uh New York progress um the progress on my contracting life going from gig to gig Oh, gosh, who knew that um, that acting lifestyle from that I studied all those years ago, the gig work would um, then turn into what my corporate life looks like now. So we're loving it, guys. I'm a corporate gal. I'm a foodie blogger. I'm a podcaster. You know, there's just many projects, many projects that I'm in, and I'm all about it. So um, anyway, that's just a bit of an update on my life. Theo's good. He's currently sitting on the ground next to me as I record this. So he's uh, just as much as the podcast as you all are. Okay, so today's topic, we are going to dive into BDSM again. Yes, I know we touched on it slightly uh, in episode three, but I feel that I left a lot on the table there. Uh, There is still so much more to explore and uncover, (laughs) so to speak, Um, especially around the dynamics of a dominant submissive relationship and how you build the foundations of that um, and how it can operate moving forward as a healthy relationship. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of people out there, um, that like to identify as what a dominant may be. Um, and, you know, just say, yeah, I'm a dom. Like I like to control women in the bedroom and blah, blah, blah. And they just, you know, it's all sex. Um, so talking about how you can, uh, figure out whether a dominant is someone that is legitimate or if they really care about you as a person and all of that. So yeah, of course, we'll be talking about my own experiences in the matter, which are very recent and fresh. So um, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be covering the conversation around how you establish rules. If you have contracts, what's the type of behavior? Um, What are the different scenarios? What are the rituals? All those kind of things and how it really encompasses a very healthy relationship. So again, removing the stigma that BDSM is all about chains, whips and, you know, bending people over and more about how it um, benefits each, it benefits both the submissive and the dominant in the relationship in building building the life that they want. Okay. So if you're someone that is thinking about getting into a BDSM relationship, there are a lot of platforms out there that you actually can find your dominant or submissive on. There's different websites. There's this website called FetLife <laughs> and it's like an online community for people in the fetish world. So that's literally hundreds of thousands of people on this you know people think that this is like some hidden little dark world but yes it's hidden but there are so many people that do this kind of stuff it's it's absolutely wild so there's lots of online communities forums um there's even instagram pages where you can get information things like that um look happy to share a few if if this is of interest to people um Luckily for me, uh, I feel like this is quite a rare thing, but I met mine in a bar um, and it just happened to be that he was a dominant that engaged in dom-sub relationships and that was something that I ended up being really interested in so I was very lucky in that in that instance that that that's how it all played out I guess it's the same as you know meeting people in real life everyone these days thinks that you've got to meet someone on a dating app um, and that's generally how it goes and when someone says oh my god you met them IRL um, it's always such a shock so yeah I guess I was the exception to the rule in that and I will completely take that. So my dominant, he has been in the space for a very long time, 10 plus years. And of course, I'm a complete newbie, so um, six months uh, to be exact. And um, he has been a font of information for me, obviously has opened up my eyes to the world of BDSM and and what it's all about and what the relationship looks like. So it's been pretty um, incredible to be in a relationship with someone that, um, has been in the space for such a long time. So they're almost like a mentor as well as being my partner, as well as, um, being this amazing partner in the bedroom. So it's a win-win if you ask me. Okay, so a dominant-submissive relationship is essentially a power exchange. So as I touched on in the earlier episode, um, the submissive is relinquishing relinquishing their power to the dominant in exchange for the dominant to support them emotionally or help them reach their life goals, um, you know, do things like take away specific pressures and provide guidance to them Um, in helping them reach their ultimate potential ideally like that's essentially what the relationship dynamic should be Um, a dominant should be there to help that submissive get achieve the life that they're wanting to achieve Um, so that's essentially what the power exchange is Um, as well as that they definitely sign up to have a lot of fun in the bedroom Uh, well Mostly there are also dominant submissive relationships where sex isn't even involved. It's all about, um, you know, some people might be a completely, might want to be a completely service submission and help their dominant in um, work, work situations or life situations or household things. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely not uh, just like sex isn't involved in every single relationship. So it's super interesting to do some research into the different types of dynamics and relationships that can happen. So, of course, my relationship does incorporate the bedroom element. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely a balanced, balanced relationship, I would say. Um, And, you know, we do long distance. He lives in the States. I'm here in Australia. So there's only so much you can do in that kind of situation. And when you enter a relation, a dominant submissive relationship, um, the bedroom is a very sacred space. So in the bedroom, you should feel that you're at your safest. You know, you should feel that all of your inhibitions can fall away. You don't have to pretend to be anyone else. You can literally be your most authentic self. um, And you can feel incredibly safe in doing that and revealing everything, everything and every piece of who you are. Um, It's, an extremely cathartic experience. It's very overwhelming. Um, When I experienced it, I almost blacked out at one point. Um, (laughs) I cried many times, Um, but it was such a safe space that there was never any judgment. There was never any issue. It was just this amazing feeling of being able to completely let go and know that the person that was receiving this part of me or this side of me um, was embracing that fully. When you're establishing your dominant submissive relationship, as a submissive, it is all about uncovering your desires, your wants and needs. Um, You know, it can be anything from talking about sexual fantasies or what you like in the bedroom, if you're looking at the sexual focus of things, Um, or it could also be talking about your career and your life and where you want it to go. Uh, And the dominance role is to provide um, sound advice on that or to be like a mentor, uh, someone you can go to, to, to ask for pieces of advice in that realm. Um, and you know, as I said, it can, it goes across sex, it goes across life, it goes across work, whatever it is that you're wanting to get an exchange in, then that's what they will supply. So if you're someone that does just want advice on the life and, and the work side of things, then you can do that. But if you are someone that wants the full experience, then you express that as well. So what that also then comes down to is communication. communication communication it is absolute key Um, I think generally speaking in any relationship communication is always king Um, you know unless people are really sharing how they're feeling or um, talking about their needs with each other then it's going to fail you know because people's needs aren't going to be met and then people bottle things up and then people can't talk about things properly and then people just explode and have these crazy fights with each other so if you are just going, if you are just communicating with with each other in the first place, then you can avoid those um, type of situations where you might say things you don't mean, or you get in some heated argument or things like that. Um, I think making sure you communicate is um, a very important part of any kind of relationship, especially this type of this type of relationship. It's funny when you look at this type of dynamic, <laughs> you could almost say it's a form of a business agreement, right? So you decided to have this partnership and if one or the other isn't meeting their side of the agreement, you can call each other out on that and have a conversation about it. And what I find, and I was talking to someone about this the other day, is that when you, when things perhaps aren't being met on one side or the other, when you have this conversation, there's, the element of drama is removed because you're not boyfriend-girlfriend. You're not, like, that's not what this relationship is. You are a dominant and a submissive. You have a power exchange. You are servicing each other in one way or another. Um, So if one need is not being met by the other that was agreed upon, then it's, as I said, almost like a business discussion, like a negotiation of, okay, well, this isn't happening as I thought it would. You know, we talked about A, B, and C. How do we get back? How do we get to that point? Or how do we give each other what we need? Because it doesn't seem to be happening right now. Like, it's a very mature, open adult conversation. And it's, oh. God, so stress free, so drama free because it's. I guess there's obviously emotions, and um, I was. I've been asked by a few people, you know, do you think that you might develop too strong of an emotion towards this person and potentially develop feelings and and potentially fall in love? And I say, yeah, of course that could happen, um, and that's something that we talk about. And when we get to those. When we get to that point um then we cross that bridge and and we talk about how our relationship will change and how the dynamic will change from there you know anything is possible i don't want i never want to project what could be with these type of things i try to just live in the moment day by day and see where it takes me um i think if you put all this pressure on what something should be or what you want something to be then it just causes unnecessary stress and it causes like unnecessary pressure on yourself and anxiety and if it doesn't go the way that you thought it would or you were planning it to go or or whatever, then it ends up being this massive disappointment. Whereas if you take it day by day, if you're clear on your expectations right now of what you can give to each other, then whatever happens will happen and then you deal with it when that comes. But yes, dominant and submissive relationships aside from being a business partnership they can turn into a loving arrangement of course um and then it's about whether you are mutually exclusive in your dom sub relationship i'm going to abbreviate it now um or you are in an open relationship where in our case we are open um and that's what we both want so yeah i think um it's just again about all about that communication and transparency okay so i want to share some fun stuff um around Negotiation and talking about the relationship and how what it's going to look like, um, and this is this is very uh, glamorized and, and movie esque, but we put together a contract. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we did um we have a contract it's literally like 10 pages long uh, and it essentially stipulates what we are getting from each other in the relationship um we talk about how long the contract goes for when it's due for a revisit um all of that you know anything from behavior towards each other what we want sexually um how the relationship dynamic works our pledges to each other all of that it's it's i i love it i think it's so hot and i just he was, he suggested it. I said, yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to do that. And he said, look, obviously this is, you know, something that you and I are doing together and it's a contract. And if we want to follow through with it, we can, but you know, at the end of the day, we're two humans, we can make decisions. And sometimes that decision might not be in that contract. So look, it's, it's, I think there's an element of it being a little bit of fun, as well as being something that, you know, um, if you want to take it very seriously, you can. So we have this contract we both signed um the contract goes for one year and then we revisit it to see how we're feeling and if we still are getting value um or benefit from our dynamic another fun insight into our relationship so um for me uh after my breakup last year i was feeling very bruised very just very hurt in so many different ways and I threw myself out there to try and, you know, start dating again. Um, I was trying to explore different sides of me, all of that, and I just got to a point where I just was emotionally drained and exhausted, and I couldn't couldn't keep putting myself in situations where, a, I was just I didn't really know why I was going out on certain dates, or I didn't have the energy for it, and it just wasn't giving me it wasn't giving me any value. So, um, so my dom suggested that I go. <laughs> into a chastity <laughs> and we talked about it we spoke about what the chastity would look like um don't worry i did not wear like like chastity belt or anything like that it was um it was a negotiation uh where you know he suggested that i go into chastity until i see him because then that means that um i wouldn't be i wouldn't be feeling that i had the need to focus on any sexual encounters outside of my life um and for me i just really wanted to focus on my career um my friends my family my life and just not put any energy into that side of things because i just i just didn't have capacity and i just wasn't making me feel good so um so as i said we negotiated i agreed upon it i agreed upon it um it was very much I would say more so driven by me. Um, I really pushed for it. It was just a soft suggestion from him. Um, and I I was very much for it. And I said, yeah, I think this would be really great for me. Um, you know, I, I'm in a chastity. I can't. So the, <laughs> the chastity meant that I couldn't have sex with any man until um, I saw him, uh, which was just in LA. So, yeah, I went on a bit of a dry spell, guys. Um, pretty, pretty strong for me. Um, but honestly, it was such a huge benefit like it i all, all my energy went into everything else that i deemed as being really important at the time and it it was great it was just what i needed and you know it's interesting i had a friend say to me well couldn't you just go sleep with someone anywhere? like he's not going to know but i don't know i guess i take it seriously I, I take this relationship seriously and what's the point of you know going through this conversation talking about you know these different types of negotiations and situations, if you're not going to take it seriously, it's a lot of time, effort and energy Um, and it's emotional. So, you know, if you're not going to do it properly, then don't bother doing it at all. Um, And also he knows me extremely well. So if he called me up and FaceTimed me and asked me, you know, if we were just talking about what was happening and the night before I'd been with a guy, like I could not hide it. Absolutely no way. And it was just... I just didn't want to break that, break that, break that, um, that trust, you know, it is a trust thing. Um, It's a respect thing and you're in it together. You are servicing each other. um, And if you value the relationship, then you will, you know, do the right thing by each other. So um, I fulfilled my chastity. Uh, (laughs) I did not have sex with anyone um, until, yeah, I, uh, I met up with him in in LA so it was an experience I'm actually well technically I still am in Chastity I still have not had sex with anyone um and I we have like a we've talked about it you know if I if I do start going on dates or seeing other people because like you know as I said we're so far away from each other um like the companionship is something that I might need so we have like a um, a negotiation in place where I have to go on a certain number of dates, um, before things get sexual, uh, and all of that. And yeah, it's, it's so interesting because when I go out to bars, um, and I, and I meet someone and someone maybe starts flirting with me, hitting on me, whatever. I'm very honest with what, with my situation, I will tell men I will literally say to them and women, um, Honestly, I get hit on by more men, like I welcome women to hit on me, like please do. But yeah, I will say straight up that I'm in a dominant submissive relationship. I'm currently in a chastity. I can't sleep with you. Uh, We can go on dates. We can get to know each other, Um, but I need to get permission to do A, B and C. (laughs) I have to tell you that 99% of men that I tell this to absolutely froth at it. And I don't know whether it's me saying that I'm a submissive, that they're just like, oh my God, but... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the transparency. Maybe it's the honesty. Maybe it's just, maybe it's the non-committal fact that they're, that I'm saying I'm not going to want to be your girlfriend or anything like that. I have this situation that I'm in and this is what I'm allowed to do. And they're just like, okay, well, you know, how can we make that happen? <laughs> so, you know, the, the, I'm so honest with all of that. And I've maybe one person was not keen on that, but the rest of it have not met me with any kind of rebuttal. So it's super interesting to experience that, but I would say I'm not really surprised. And keep in mind that these different terms, like a chastity, uh, master, dominant, they, these are all terms in the BDSM world, so this is quite a common thing. This is These are arrangements and situations that people put in place in their dynamic, they talk about it and then they negotiate it and they agree upon it, so it's not like these random things that we just make up, like these are actually you know, this is this is vocabulary in that world. Um, I actually, there's this Instagram page that I follow and they put up some really great, um, they put up like a really good dictionary on, on all the different terms of BDSM. I'm going to share that in my show notes um, just so you can, if you are interested, you can read into it a little bit more. Another uh, part of the relationship uh, that people can experience um, as a submissive, you can be what is referred to as being collared. Um, and what being collared means is that your dominant, your master, whatever it is, your daddy, um, he has, um, adorned you with a collar, uh, and that can be, it can look like whatever it wants to be, like it, whatever you want that collar to look like, that's up to you. You know, whether you want like some little chain, um, you want like some leather thing you want, I don't know, like a choker, whatever it is. Um, you know, you, you have a collar and what that collar means is that you are owned, by your dominant so you have like a contract in place you have an agreement you're under his you're under you um you're his submissive and he owns you um (laughs) it's so kinky i love it i think it's so hot and i love the idea of someone possessing me and just going like yep i completely own you i'm never going to abandon you um your mind, all of that, because I have this whole thing where I just want to be like owned and loved and all of that. So it, it just meets my cravings for being needed and wanted. Look, maybe there's some things I need to work on there, but it, it meets my craving for that and I and I fucking love it. Like it's so great. It's so hot. Meets my needs. So and on an emotional level. And the thing that people need to remember all the time is that yes, I have relinquished my power yes, I have all these crazy kinky parts of this relationship. You know, I, I do have a collar, just to to clarify, I do have a couple of collars, actually. And I actually went and bought them by myself. <laughs> so I went to Sexpo um, and we talked about, you know, he, he said that he, you know, would like to collar me and all of that. And I was like, yeah oh, so fucking hot. Like, yes, collar me, please. Um, and so I went to sex boat and I bought myself some collars and then I caught up with him. He's like, oh, how was sex? I'm like, it was so good. I got myself some collars. Like, I'm collared. You can collar me now. <laughs> and I was so into it. And he's like, okay, cool. Great. So, um I have my collars and there's different names for both collars. And um, whenever I put one of those collars on, I turn into a specific character or um, it's a diff- it's a specific way I'm feeling. Um, he might command me to put my collar on, things like that. It's so hot guys, like, ugh, can't deal. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, the thing that people need to remember if they ever get freaked out by all of this is that I still have my power This is not some controlled, insane relationship where I have no idea what's happening. I have no power, no control. If I decided that I didn't want to be in this anymore, I could opt out tomorrow and there would be no question. It would just be like, okay, the conversation would probably go along the lines of this dynamic, this situation, this relationship, whatever you want to call it is not serving me anymore. It's not giving me value. It's not benefiting my life. Um, I need, I would like to opt out. And that's that. It's um, obviously, you know, people might get emotional and things like that. Like you are building a connection with someone, but you have the right as a submissive anytime to pull out of that relationship. And if you are in a situation, a BDSM situation where they're, where they don't allow you to do that, then you're not with, um, that is not a good dominant. They should be able to give you that power. Like they should, um, you should know or be aware that your power is yours to take back anytime. And my dominant reminds me of that very consistently okay if you are in a dom sub relationship where sex is a part of the equation this is where a lot of the fun does happen um honestly guys it is mind-blowing the kind of sex or not just sex but the experiences that you can have purely because all your inhibitions are gone Um, those secret, dark, little dirty fantasies and kinks that you think of late at night and don't tell anyone else, they are all revealed. Everything comes out. (laughs) No pun intended. Um, It all is out in the open. And there were definitely moments when I was in LA and we were experiencing all of this, there were these moments where I would, like uh, some hidden fantasy or kink that I had would uncover itself um, and I would be... (laughs) immensely turned on and just going wild and then i'd all of a sudden go oh my gosh oh my gosh why am i turned on by this like this is crazy what 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 is happening and then i would maybe feel like a bit of like shame or like awkwardness of like oh god like i'm such a weirdo why am i thinking like this but then he would remind me this is this uh, this space is what this is all about he's like you are here to experience this this is what we're doing here so release it let it go there's no judgment here this is a safe space and oh God, it's just euphoric. We had one session, um, and he asked me how I was feeling, and and if there could be a word to describe it. And I was lying there, like post sex, just in this like weird position, just in this state of absolute. Oh my God, it was like I was on a cloud. And I just looked at him, and I said one word, and that word was euphoria. <laughs> I was. I was gone and that was and i was hooked i was like right there's no going back i I can never not i can never not be a part of this this is too amazing um and one of my friends asked me could i ever go back to being in a vanilla vanilla relationship and the answer is yes um i always want to have like for this stage in my life i am in an open relationship i want to be open but i could definitely date someone that was vanilla Um, though I would be so open about my needs and desires. um, And I would encourage them to be open with me as well. And we could explore that when we wanted. So, you know, I think you can still have a very normal type of relationship, but it's just, you know, you're just being a little bit more open about those little kinks and desires you might have. So in BDSM, when you are you know, getting ready for some kind of sexual experience with each other, they call it a scene um, where you play, <laughs> like a play scene. Um, so what you will do is discuss the scene and what's going to happen in the in the um, sexual play. So we would, um, you know, we might have gone out for the afternoon, we'd come back, um, we'd be sitting on the couch, we'd talk about, um, talk about the scene, maybe I'd have some things I wanted to experience, I wanted to do, or how I wanted to be, um, I, you know, I don't know what I, what I would um, specifically say. Well, I do know what I'd specifically say, but you know, that's just, that's one thing I'm gonna keep under wraps on here. Um, but yeah, I would talk about, you know, I want to be treated like this, so I'm feeling like this, etc. Um, And then he would say, okay, well, this, is, this is the kind of scene that we can play out. Then we go out for dinner. You'd be feeling super turned on because you're like, oh, my God, when we get back to when we get back to the loft, this is what's going to happen. Um, and then, yeah, we would go back and we would play out the scene. Um, of course, you know, there's things that don't go right. Things that, you know, we fumble sometimes. That's just life. It's not going to be perfect all the time. Um, but it's pretty incredible to have this desire or this fetish talk about it talk about how it's going to play out and then have someone um, because as the dominant, once you tell them what you want, then they, it's their responsibility to put together the scene and play it out and control the situation. Obviously they're going to control the sex scene. They're the dominant, um, but you give them the, and you know, you don't necessarily always have to as a submissive, um, but if there's something you specifically want, you give them the information or the detail and they put together something for you based on that. So it's pretty awesome. So today we have discussed a fair amount in the world of BDSM, specifically focusing on the relationship and dynamic between the dominant and submissive. We've talked about contracts, we've talked about colors, we've talked about sex scenes, all the while really highlighting how this kind of relationship can be beneficial for both parties and how healthy it can really be. Again, removing that stigma that BDSM is some big scary thing and really showing how it can be a bit life-changing for some of us out there. So If you are someone that is interested in learning a little bit more about the world of bdsm there are some links in my show notes Um, also not so vanilla we are a judgment-free space whatever your kinks desires fetishes are they are all welcome here we are all just trying to live our most authentic lives and just be true to ourselves here so it's a safe space safe community everyone is welcome thank you everyone for tuning into another episode of not so vanilla have a great week enjoy living a little bit unconventionally And let's chat next Wednesday.